What are we talking about? Yeah. Oh yeah. Dating and like being an artist. No, but what I thought what I thought was difficult mm-hmm. in your case. In my case. In your case specifically, mm-hmm. right? Talking about this. Is that in terms of what you were doing on paper yeah. was not like an artistic practice. You know what I mean? So that you're in your relationship, that person got to know you as somebody not doing something and then all of a sudden you start doing something. Yeah, he got to know me at a point in time where I was just doing a regular nine to five. Exactly. Yeah, and then so, all of a sudden you want to do a podcast. That's what I'm saying. And I was yeah, like, oh, you want to do this and you want to yeah. do that. And, yeah. and then I feel like that is difficult because that's the last thing you need when like you're now trying to yeah. come into something. And you're trying you to take like yourself you seriously and you want your partner to take you seriously, but you kind of already don't take yourself seriously enough. Yeah, because you you, you have to build that up too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And at least in my case, I was doing this for a certain amount of time so that like it wasn't like a... a yeah, I, I don't have like an imposter syndrome. Like, am I really doing this? Yeah. Like, I'm like, I know I can do this and I know I'm good, but I'm just trying to make it in this city. And I have a whole history with this long before I met you, anybody who I meet in Berlin. Mm. You know what I this mean? This is your identity. This, this is, is already my identity. Me. This is not something I have to, you know what I mean? And I think that's completely different from like, <laughs> I think that's completely different from when like you're, you're starting like from, yeah, from scratch. You don't really have like a, 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 a yeah, like a full on, Something established already, you know yeah. what I mean? Have you ever Hi Iris. Hi Iris. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> have you ever have you ever dated an artist before? No, never. You've never dated an artist. Never. But yeah. you've always been a photographer. No, I actually developed my photography like three years ago. And then I was already dating a guy. Like he's not an artist, so he kinda like you know, like Every everyone has this like artistic side, yeah. and then when he saw me like developing my photography, he's like somehow he doesn't get it. Mm. But also like from I know from his deep down heart, and he wants me to be success. But at the same time, it's like, are you serious about that? Like, are you just like, is yeah. it just your interest? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. you really wanna do it? Do you love it enough? Yeah. And because um, like they don't understand the scene and then they don't know how it works. Yeah. So like, like from another like the outsider perspective, I mean, like I know he wants me to be great and then also always give me opinions about that. But then sometimes I know you don't get it. And then mm. I just I'm just too lazy to explain everything. And then you yeah. feel sep- you feel like a, a separation between yeah. that person. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Because that's the other thing. If you if you are dating someone. And they they get it, you know what I mean? Mm. Or yeah, if you're if you're dating someone who's not an artist, then the question is, do they appreciate what you do? Do they? Because of course, if you're like a like if you're a rap, oh, I'm a DJ, right? Mm. If I if I'm into a certain type of music, and my partner is not like an artist or anything, which is fine, but then they like the music, then it's like okay, well then there's some sort of connection there. But if they don't like the music, like they don't get it, mm-hmm. which the majority of the time is the case, actually. You know what I mean? When you listen to the underground electronic music, you know what I mean? And and it's they, they don't get it and don't appreciate it. Then it's like, what do you... There's nothing like holding that part of your like together, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And then that's difficult. It goes for anything like photography or, or whatever it yeah. is. If, if they don't just don't get it, yeah. you know? then it's or or they don't like it you know and then it's like 
It's like something that you do. Yeah. And that could be good, I guess, maybe. But, but it's fun when you're interested in the same thing and you can like show the person I'm dating my mood board, you know? And then they also add ideas and you have that sparring partner in your relationship that you have with your friends maybe, but it's a different kind of special kind of something and is your person, you know? Like I value so much the... The, I, I realize I'm doing it with my friendships as well is that I spend a lot more time with people that are also in the arts because I realize that I grew so much as an artist because of it. Yeah. You know, and maybe it's from that selfish place of like, I feel like now I'm playing catch up. So I just want to surround myself with yeah. people that I can have these conversations with. Exactly. So, so I, I don't think it's just about the romantic relationship. It's like all kind of relationships yeah. in our life. Like when we get into this art scenes, like we always want to get more inspiration from different perspectives mm-hmm. from art. And then like if there's like a total outsider, like it's not, not nothing wrong to be an outsider mm-hmm. from the art scenes, but then you just don't get the input from each other yeah then it's kind of like getting empty yeah in the atmosphere and then like even though like no matter how much love you have each other it's just like different kind of love like yeah. how to say that yeah like yeah different levels yeah. you know yeah like you can't yeah. get, get deeper and then you can grow together mm-hmm. yeah, yeah 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 and it's there's something yeah then there's something blocking you almost and i mean because i i've never approached any relationship romantic or friendship Mm -hmm. like that in terms of like if this person gets me or not but then again when I think about my closest friendships Mm -hmm. um, especially as an adult I feel like when you're a child and you you grow up with people like in school and or you spend like you you go through school Mm -hmm. with people you get you become close for different reasons but as an adult I think of all my my f- close relationships that are formed as an adult, they're always tied to like this passion for something yeah. and that project, you both some take kind of something project. very seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that you just, you start gravitating towards people mm-hmm. that you can have those kind of connections with yeah. and, and just building, I mean, you make friends through making projects, doing projects with people. It's true. Right. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'm not just thinking it's cause it's kind of like your siblings, you know what yeah. I mean? Like you, you grow up with your siblings and you could have absolutely nothing in common with your siblings, mm-hmm. but they'll they're you yeah, obviously you have of, to you deal know? with the same parents you have to deal with the same parents you know what i mean so there's something in common yeah. yeah so it's like you don't need to have the same interests, but there's something and i feel like when you have friends that you carry from a young age mm-hmm. it kind of works like that you yeah. know what i mean mm-hmm. but then as you become an adult and i say this all the time i think getting older is 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 more about learning what's not for you rather mm-hmm. what's for you because yeah. i feel like when you're younger you just you want to be liked, so then you yeah. kind of say yes to everything. You want to be included, you want to be involved. Good. Yeah, you want to be included, you want to yeah. be involved. And as you get older, you're more comfortable with saying like, nah, I'm good, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Like, this yeah. isn't me, you know what I mean? And I think that's the same thing mm-hmm. with friends, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, except today. <laughs> I wasn't coming to that love parade today. <laughs> and these girls were like... <laughs> that's so really, You know, because Celia called me, and she was like, it's so funny that she says she's with Will and Ati now because mm-hmm. she called me to say Will ditched her, you yeah. know? So she was like, Will ditch me, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm going to pray. And she's like, okay, I'll come. Iris might come. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, we'll see that. And then I was like, I know all three of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? For sure, for sure, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was like a good chance to take photos in yeah. festivals. Because like for me, like I'm a like two weeks new baby here in mm-hmm. Berlin. And oh, welcome, yeah. Welcome. This is your first, so this is your first time in Berlin ever? No, it's my third time. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So like I, I, I'm very like enjoying that 
summer vibe like everyone just like happy with the music and everybody is so free like that is so new to me because like in Hong Kong we have festivals but not this huge and then okay. people are more like you know closed and then like not that expressive as here yeah so like when I'm here and I'm seeing people like on their makeup dress up and everything dancing singing everything that just I'm feeling so free here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this is the best time, right? This yeah. is the best version of Berlin to yeah. experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Okay. Even I'm still getting accustomed to like Berlin, yeah. like for real. Because <laughs> I mean, I moved here and then lockdown happened shortly oh, after. No. And then so my Berlin that I knew for two and a half years or whatever, you know, was just all Corona. So it's just your start now. So it's also my all start us, too. Yeah, like I was, because yeah. I mean, I was in Berlin when they, when they, um, when they started letting, like easing all the restrictions. Because I think last year... Last year we were partying, but everybody had to wear masks, mm-hmm. like yeah. on the dance floor. Was that last year? Wasn't that the year before? No, I doesn't. think last year was op- more open. Was it? On yeah, because Jaylene came last year for the second time, last mm. summer, and it, the first time we were still wearing masks, but the second time we weren't. So last That's year was terrible. no masks. Yeah. Last year was no masks too. No. Yeah. Hmm. I know. Love Parade was last year, yeah. exactly, of course, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So everybody was scared. And, right. Yeah. And I think the clubs and all the institutions were having a hard time during COVID. Like, mm-hmm. as things opened up, they couldn't all open up too. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think everything took a while to kind of normalize. Yeah. And then this year was kind of the first year since that everything was normal from the very start. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. then I think they dropped masks, like, in April or something. Yeah. Completely. Because mm-hmm. you still had to wear it on the bus and the, mm-hmm. the U and stuff. You know, so I think like now is like the first, at least my first like normal. Yeah. And then I, I, I moved to vetting and I had a permanent flat. And I think mm-hmm. it's a whole other thing when you have like a permanent place that you live, you know, when you live With somewhere. <laughs> yeah. When you live somewhere and you, you think you have to leave in like a couple of months and you have to do this, then you never really feel settled. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? mm-hmm. But but this is your first time coming to Berlin in summer or did you come before in summer? Um, yeah. Like I came before in summer and one in autumn no spring for a long time no just like um two weeks visiting her mila mm-hmm. and then another friend and um yeah oh, like I back then. in hamburg yeah hamburg yeah but i also came travel in berlin and okay. then yeah like i don't know like i just felt like myself home here in berlin like without no reason mm-hmm. like that was like before the pandemic so everything's still like you know normal. Yeah, yeah. So like, I I kept asking my friends uh, who just visit Berlin like, does it change a lot? And blah blah blah. And everyone like, yeah, you should manage your expectations. Blah blah blah. Because I like, I have this fantasy about Berlin since my first visit here, and then like since my like 2017, I always wanna like move here and then like do something and then. Mm. Jamila this year like the early the year and then she asked me if I want to join her with the photography program Mm -hmm. so then I was like "Mm, maybe not then I found this way like working holiday Mm -hmm. here okay so you're here and how long are you here for now um it's for one year Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. so you're here for like a yeah. solid year. So you're here, yeah. here. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's so, so good. Know, I yeah. didn't know that that conversation was what triggered it. Yes. Okay. Yes. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. I messaged her and I was like, man, I know you love Berlin. You love photography. Like, this would be such a perfect course for you. Yeah. 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 You okay. had the like tricky point. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> and that's so good. So, how did you all meet again then? 
Hong Kong. Hong Kong. We studied together. Yeah. yeah. Well, we didn't even study together, really. We had a minor together, but that wasn't how we met either. Um, we met through Simon. Simon. Yes, Simon. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, Simon was my ex-boyfriend, and then we lived in the same dorm, and then that's why we met. And then yeah. the first time I met Jamila was in Oma, like a um, techno a techno party, yeah. In really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that was my first techno yeah. rave. And the well. funny thing is, like, when I met Iris, because... Seaman was like one of the the international crew basically from the university, so he was my friend. And um, Seaman comes up with this like yeah. really really traditional Chinese <laughs> kind of girl. So it's so funny. So she developed a little bit over the really stuff. really yeah. you're super traditional, or, or how would you describe it? Um, I would say that I was like a very classic Hong Kong girl that like wanted to follow the right path of life like mm-hmm. in hong kong it's all about money and it's all about finance so like we don't have the space to think about what we want to do in the future but we were just like with our education that like, everything is just like yeah you should do this like mm-hmm. economy like, very finance. conservative yeah business yeah. and then you can get a nice corporate job and then you get a family like mm-hmm. that's the classic role yeah yeah but then like and then she started hanging out with us <laughs> And then she met you. And then she met me. <laughs> and I'm here. <laughs> you should take a lot of responsibility. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. yeah, and then so like I was studying business and um and then I did the exchange in Rotterdam mm-hmm. in Netherlands for like three months and that's when I really like starting realizing what I am. Like who am I? Like what I like to do. And then so like by the time I had a very old camera and then like... The Which Simon also gave you, right? Yeah, my birthday gift. Yeah. Yeah. And then... Oh. <laughs> and then, um, yeah. And then that's where I started photography. Like I love street photography, documentary photography. And then, yeah. And then like after graduation and I, I still want to be like do something creative. But I did not have the creative background because, mm-hmm. like in Hong Kong, everything is about your degree. Like, yeah, yeah. What What did you study? Blah blah. blah. And then, so like, I worked in this advertising agency as an account management. So kind of like in the middleman between the creative team and the client. Yeah, yeah. So like, kind of like touching a little bit about the creative side. Yeah. But then, like after like two years, there was like so draining because like every every day. I worked until 11 p.m. also. Mm. So, yeah, I didn't have... Which energy. is normal in Hong Kong. I have yeah. so many friends that yeah. like would work from like 9 a.m. and leave the office at 10 p.m., yeah. 11 p.m. Yeah, yeah. Mm. That's very crazy. And then okay. like... And then like... I mean, the work is very fun. Like, I, I can learn a lot, which I can apply now for my photography when I talk about the deals with the clients. But then it's just like... Overall, the work-life balance, there's none. Yeah. 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 And it's so funny because I remember when you started taking pictures because she used to, after a while, she used to come and hang up almost every break she had. And um, and she just got the camera and then she would go traveling with yeah. Simon. Yeah. And she started posting the pictures on her Instagram. And yeah. we were all like, wow, Iris really has talent mm-hmm. and also a very unique way of seeing the world. And mm-hmm. like we could recognize, like I was like, oh, I really like your photography style because mm-hmm. it was very distinct to how you you shot pictures mm-hmm. and um oh, yeah nice. that's nice and then so it's so nice to see that you're like because we really connected over photography like when you started off and mm-hmm, it's so nice mm-hmm. to see that you've kind of kept your style yeah but it's become even more solidified 
mm-hmm. from at least from an outside perspective. Yeah, thanks for telling me that. Yeah. Do you like, think does it feel like that for you as well? Yeah. yeah, like I'm actually like I know I I can take um specific style photos like people in the mood mm. and then like capture the vibe thing but i'm still like like wishing mm-hmm. my style yeah because i feel like the style like so okay so for photographers like that's always the best thing that when you see a photo then you can immediately tell who took it yeah mm-hmm. but then like for me i was like mm, is that necessary because like yeah like maybe like you can you are more recognizable mm-hmm. but at the same time i feel like me myself i'm very diverse like yeah, yeah. like today and tomorrow i will be a different yeah. person so like my photos also express my feeling so like is that really necessary that i have to stick with one style yeah yeah. Or well, I can just like depends on how I feel mm-hmm. and how I see, and also depends on the object that I'm taking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And that's why it was so interesting when you first started to shoot as an amateur who had like no experience in photography and didn't even realize that she was really good. <laughs> that you already kind of had your your handwriting without trying to create a style, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like we were speaking about this too on a few podcasts actually, yeah, where yeah. it's like your style is already created because what you do is already filtered through you, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so you don't have to proactive or intentionally try to yeah create your but then i feel like when you start when you get into any craft then it becomes that big debate like do you want to be the person that is known for this or do you want to be really good at a range of styles and Mm -hmm. usually it comes with sacrifice because if you're good at one thing you're like really good and much ahead of the the rest Mm -hmm. but then if you do like more then i guess the perception is that you're a little less ahead of everyone yeah. else mm-hmm, in, mm-hmm. in each style you know yeah. what i mean yeah. Yeah. because but i agree because it's the same thing with with music there are people like here like like we just spoke about this you know in terms mm-hmm. of djs who play like one thing like they're known for a, this type of techno and then they play for two hours this type of techno start to finish mm-hmm. you know and you know if anybody wants to book this type of techno that's the dj they go yeah. to. that's the man exactly that's yeah. the person they go to right but then for me then i don't know that's a little boring for me mm-hmm. you know like I like a range of styles yeah. and I feel like they would have to, it would have to be very special moment like I don't know for me to play one style yeah. like just back to back to back for like two hours yeah. I like a but that's just my personal preference and I know that there are other DJs I mean all DJs will tell you they play everything but that's mm-hmm. a lie right <laughs> all the mm-hmm. everybody's like I listen to everything yeah. you know and I'm, I'm sure you do right like we yeah I, I we all listen to everything yeah. and we all appreciate everything yeah. mm-hmm. but then DJs are like I could play anything but I think that a lot of the times it's more like yeah you have this one thing and then you be, you're recognized for this mm-hmm. and then your bookings kind of come out of that because then people expect you to play that yeah. mm-hmm. you know what I mean and I think it's much harder to build a career not being known for being able to do something in particular. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But 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 people book you because they trust you in whatever decision you mm-hmm. you make. Yeah. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's much more difficult to build a career that way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I feel like that's a lot more rewarding. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah, and I still feel like if you even if you do decide to have a diverse portfolio, your style will still end up 
be in part of that portfolio, you know? Exactly. Like, it'll like it'll automatically the all those different genres are still filtered through you and your taste. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it comes out even though it's different styles, mm-hmm. it comes through like you threaded everything together with your taste. So yeah. that is what the taste is, where the songs fit because yeah, and this that's is the most. Like. This, this is, is the, this is what you were influenced by, and this is what inspires you. And that's the most impressive thing I think that when you when you go to a show, like I always bring up, like uh, kind of music, um, even though they're under some flack right now. But um, I always talk about kind of music because they 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 reach from for so many different influences, and I I suppose in 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 music chart terms, you would say that they they play world quote unquote world music, mm-hmm. you know, and that's where they. But if you look at like the ethnicities and the cultural influences in terms of like what they draw from, they really pull it from everybody, mm-hmm. you know, and then they even go back in time and they do this kind of, it's not like this uh, ethnic sound, you know, that they keep using all the time. They use that, but then also with like, like really old, like vintage, like eight to since, like kind of psychedelic rock influences, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. but somehow they they do it in a way that it all makes sense yeah. you know mm-hmm. what i mean mm-hmm. and it never feels like this is a bit out of place yeah. like genre the two genres next to each other might be completely different but somehow it still tells the story in a cohesive way mm-hmm. you know and i think that is so impressive yeah. mm-hmm. you know yeah, absolutely and it's the same thing with photography and everything too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think like what's the photographer we watched yesterday? Sebastian Salgado. Yeah. yeah. So I I think like it totally like we call him when you talk about that because like like he came from like documentary journalist to like from humanity to animals to nature mm-hmm. like like but you could still see his style in exactly. anything he shot exactly it's yeah like i agree that is more about like how we see things we express mm-hmm. thing like so like yeah like um yeah. like oftentimes we put ourselves in the box like i have to be like this kind of photographer i have to be like this kind of artist but then like if we see like wider and then like even further and then is that the label really important mm-hmm. to us or is yeah. just about the work that we love to do and then share to the world? Yeah, like mm-hmm. once you start to overthink it basically and you're like, what do I, how can I, I mean, it's good to think about how can I brand myself, but I feel like people get into this thing of creating an identity outside of the identity that already exists inside of them yeah. instead yeah. of just like tapping into what they already have and who they already are mm-hmm. and letting that be their brand, mm-hmm. you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it. No, no, go ahead. I think it's also like happening to the trending thing. Yeah, like everybody like right now like there's like oh, oh this style of editing photo is very trendy, and then like, everyone is doing the same, and then but then like I know like everything starts from copying, but if you just like copying everything and without your personality, without without your own side of looking like perspective perspective yeah Yeah. and then there's just like is that art or you're just like copy pasting Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's true because every yeah i feel like every worker that i watched this documentary where this guy did you see it there was a whole big scandal this poor woman (laughs) this poor woman was running a museum in the states Mm -hmm. and it was a big museum and she was buying art for years from this connection that she had and I mean, I don't know if you know about American art, but basically 
Americans at some point decided we want to be like Europe. <laughs> we don't have the art scene that Europe has, so they basically pumped a bunch of money into their artists to kind of create this inflated mm -hmm. art scene that we have. And that's why art got to the price point that it's gotten today, because mm -hmm. basically the Americans were like, yeah, the Americans are the economic superpower of the world in a lot of ways, you know, and at least a huge cultural superpower, and they pumped a lot of money into their art. So... <laughs> This lady has been buying this American art from, I forget the name right now, but it's, it was a whole famous story from this dealer, right? Putting it up in this museum. And I'm talking about like, yeah, we know the numbers, you mm -hmm. know, like huge numbers and she's receiving commissions. And then it turns out that all of it was forged by this guy. I think he was actually... I think I saw it on Netflix. I yeah, and I think this. he's... He's actually like a Chinese artist. Yeah. Like he's just a guy, like, <laughs> and like literally, like just somewhere. And he's just really good at painting. Was yeah. I can't remember where he's from, but like basically had a normal corporate job or whatever, but was a really good artist. But I guess his parents didn't approve at some point. So he just had to work in the bank or whatever, you know. But in, his, in the meantime, he was like looking at art around the world and going, oh, I can do that. <laughs> and then literally doing it. And sending it, and it's like passing inspections from like these big art bodies, like authenticated. So he was one to one copying paintings. Straight up, straight up. Okay. He was one to one copying paintings, right? Okay. And, and then she would sell these paintings in the museum. And then at some point, somebody was like, but this original painting is actually in this other museum. Mm. No, so it wasn't, they found okay. the original painting, but I wish I could remember the name right now. Mm -hmm. I feel like I, I kind of want to Google, but. It was an American artist, and mm -hmm. the the whole story was she had uncovered all these like works that were thought to have been lost by this artist mm -hmm. that had died, mm -hmm. right? And all this lost artwork or whatever, and they only had a very limited record of the number of artworks that were produced by this guy, okay. right? But he produced this in... I don't know, I want to say the 50s or 60s, mm -hmm. and this might be, I don't know, 2003 or something, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So the thing is, I, I don't know exactly how it works, but I think every painter, every piece that they painted or exhibited or like presented and said, mm -hmm. this is an official work of art by me, it's registered. Yeah, so they, they have, log it, they have like log books. So they have some sort of registry of each artist's works. And... When a piece of art is bought, they then have to authenticate it, obviously. Mm -hmm. So then they have to look at this artist's history, see, did, did they actually make a piece like this? Mm -hmm. What did it look like? What were the dimensions? Was it what kind of paint on what kind of canvas or whatever, right? And then they inspect it even further to look at, like, brush strokes and styles and is it consistent with his usual style and blah, 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 blah. And... Yeah, so basically this guy had a bunch of artworks and they were all similar. I mean, I, I, because a, a painter might paint a scene like 45 times yeah. and one is the one that becomes famous and gets mm -hmm. put in a museum, but he has 44 others of the same scene mm -hmm. with different like colors and strokes and whatever, right? Um, so this guy had a ton of artworks and of course it's exactly what we say, like this, like almost I could do it kind yeah. of art, right? It's like a, a simple, like, yeah. I don't know, four strokes, mm -hmm. you know, two circles, kind of, yeah. you know what I mean? Dot in the middle, but Some, slightly to the left. 
some kind of heights that the CIA was able to be like, yeah, $2 million. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But so this is the kind of style, you, you know, they're doing. Yeah. This is not like Renaissance painting okay. where it's just like this is. Okay. It's easy to replicate. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say it's easy to replicate, but I'm saying that as far as like art, as far as painting goes. Mm. Yeah. This is like, I'd say the easiest style. Yeah. I'd say to replicate because at this style it was just like very distinct single strokes, yeah. like mm-hmm. a square, like yeah. you know what I mean. So this guy has like a ton of copies of like I don't know two circles on a you know, and this dealer uh, it turns out the people who went to jail for it or got fined was well, was this couple like these uh, uh European I think they were Spanish or something I think the woman was um, a Latina and the guy was Spanish or something yeah because he eventually fled to. Europe and he was like, I don't know what you're talking about, you know. <laughs> um, meanwhile, my girl in jail and thing, right? <laughs> but um, but they were basically going to this Chinese guy, who was just as a hobby, as a mm. hobby, was just like, look at this famous art. Yeah, I could do that mm-hmm. and copying it stroke by stroke. And even the abstract ones, like the 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 impressionist painting, which I think it's impressionist. The ones that just look like splashes. Mm. He was even doing art be, you know, and nailing it. And the and the, the 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 art people are like, no, this is legit. You know what I mean? It's so deep. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> literally. Yeah. And you know, it's kind of it's crazy, right? Because she was talking about she had um, so they were different. They were interviewing different people in this process, and one of them was like a like a rich couple that um, their entire like. Uh, their lives basically came from selling this painting mm-hmm. that they owned. And they flipped this one painting that was basically their life savings, mm-hmm. right? And so when it came out that it was a forgery, this kind of put everything, they kind of had to then sue the museum to get some money yeah. because this was their life that they just, yeah. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, she was talking about passing it in the corridor and she would see it there and the way she would feel about mm-hmm. it and it was so just to think and the art and it. and I mean, you know, fair play to her. It's a painting. I mean, shit. Yeah. I feel like that about. I, I don't need to go to Paris to see art that makes me feel like that. I see yeah. that all around me all the yeah. time in a lot of small. You know what I mean? Yeah. But but then that exactly that goes back into the question of like, can you separate the art from the artist? Like, yeah. is it less valuable mm-hmm. because of who painted it? Yeah, yeah. And if you just copied it, if you just look at that style and say, I can do that mm-hmm. and do it like. And you fooling everybody, including art ex- experts, that is you know? You're an artist. <laughs> you're an artist, you know what I mean? And then what does that say about the, you know what I mean, about the artwork? So yeah. it kind of goes back to, yeah, I mean, if there's a style, like a picture or a song or whatever that you like, and you just copy that, and you leave yourself, and you don't, like, contribute any piece mm-hmm. of you to that, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, it's very possible to just replicate yeah. that. Yeah. But then the question remains is that then does it only matter to you, you know, that you just copied something? Because mm-hmm. even though it was a forgery, this painting, a lot of people were moved by it. Yeah. It was so emotional. Yeah, yeah. You know but that's I mean? also like, so like with the whole AI coming up and stuff, right? If AI was to make a song or they had this, I saw recently that they have AI creating new songs by Amy Winehouse with Amy Winehouse's voice and mm-hmm. in her style, how Amy Winehouse would have made music if she was still alive. Mm-hmm. And is that music now credible you know what i mean like is that like mm. can one of those songs now make it to the charts mm. you know or that would is be a, a crazy piece? experiment it would yeah. be but would it be a big would it is the music 
what it is because Amy Winehouse created it is the person attached to mm-hmm. the value of the art mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. same thing with photography there yeah. was this photographer the other day who won a prize yes and after winning the prize a big big prize like a real big prize in photography I don't remember the name of it but he won the prize and then he's like jokes on you AI did this yeah and he did it to like show people like look this is what we're doing right now with AI like is this okay that's that, wild yeah. you know yeah. and um, open up the big question again of like what makes art special is the people that create it yeah and because but then if you if you're making that if you're doing that like mm-hmm. if I tell AI make you know a picture or song or whatever and they do it and they nail it and it wins mm-hmm. awards and it's cool and I'm the one that typed the words into the computer so no you're the artist so technically I'm the artist yeah. I'm, I created you're the this program, you know yeah. what I mean yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. I'm a, what, call me whatever you want but I'm the guy that got this out of whatever machine I made you feel yeah. what you feel I made you feel exactly I yeah. made you feel what you're feeling now just from looking at this mm-hmm. yeah. you know so then it's like it kind of you're saying that like it really depends on who works on it yeah. or like but but does it? Mm-hmm. Because then if, if, if it just depends on the art and how it makes you feel, which yeah. is what a lot of artists say. I always say that if, if, you find, if you found out that Michelangelo painted the Sistine Chapel <laughs> with the blood of a thousand babies <laughs> that he killed, you know, does it make it any less beautiful? You know what I mean? Like I always say, I always say this. And the thing is... It does give it a different meaning though. Yeah. I mean, does it? I mean, I, that's what I'm saying. Like if you... if that Because for, for me... It changes nothing. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm, my breath isn't going to be taken away any less when I walk in there and look up and go, mm-hmm. "Wow!" Like I don't know if you. I do. I do. I don't think like it makes it any less or more anything. But I think that it's like the context of the art is a big part of what gives you that wow effect. Like if I look at an art piece, I can look at the Sixteen Chapel and be like, "Oh wow, this is beautiful," and then somebody tells me it was painted by the blood of a thousand babies. I look at the art piece differently now. Yeah? Yeah, 100%. I know a lot of people that feel like that, and I'm not like that at all. Because look at it this way. Like, in in Africa, Mm -hmm. you know, like, uh, they have these tours, and they'll have, like, yeah, white people going to Africa on a Mm -hmm. safari, and they're passing through villages or whatever, right? And then you have the village people who, in real life, wear, like, short pants and Nike slippers and football t-shirts, taking all of that off to put on loincloths and put on like what they think white people are expecting to see when they come to this Mm -hmm. village because they know if they play the role, they get in like money, right? Mm -hmm. Because they they literally give them money. There's this, Mm -hmm. oh my God, there's this terrible terrible video of this like american woman like making a making this little boy say like thank you before she why she gives him like five five years five dollars or whatever it's so it's so mind-blowing but this kid is just like yeah thank you pretending like he doesn't know whatever but he's a hundred percent stuffing that in his piggy bank and then go look at this white lady just give me twenty dollars you know what i mean (laughs) like thank you you get this new ps4 game you know what i mean like (laughs) and the thing is it's just kind of like your perception because as the visitors that are coming there and think that they're, I mean, you could say what you want about what they're doing, but in their mind, they're trying to do something good based on what they're seeing, right? Mm-hmm. Because what they see makes them feel something, right? So the thing is, does it kind of matter, like, mm-hmm. if this kid is dressing up for this role? Because the fact is, is that 
he does live in a village that's pretty much like very poor. You know yeah. what I mean? And so what I'm saying is it kind of comes down to your perception of, yeah, I mean, if you found out that this kid was dressing up for you, does that kind of change the whole initiative that you're coming with, like giving back? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, f- I find that a difficult, like the documentary we watched yesterday, right? If you look at photography, yeah, it could be a cool picture visually and it could even tell a story. But it does make a difference if I know that story is staged versus this is the actual documentation of something that actually happened. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Like I can look at a picture and be like, that's a very powerful picture. And then somebody's like, yeah, I staged it. There's actually no story behind it. And then it's just a powerful yeah. picture. Yeah, but yeah. if it's a powerful picture and you tell me this is from, you know, this is actual footage from the famine in Ethiopia or this is actually the people climbing out of the mines the yeah, yeah. mines in Brazil, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. then that makes that picture even more powerful. Mm-hmm. I think there are like two kinds of people, like one kind of people like us, like we... And then there's Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> it's me. Yeah, it's like... I'm like, show me the pictures. Shut up. Yeah. And then <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just as easy when it comes to like exhibition. If you don't see any introduction, if you don't see any lift, you just look into the art and then you feel from your perspective. Mm. <coughs> <coughs> Sorry. Hmm. But then when you read that um, dis- description, mm-hmm. the statement, then you have like totally like, like a s- different background of mm-hmm. the whole concept. And then you will like kind of like the artist plant a seed in your brain and then like change your perspective mm-hmm. on, this, on the art. So I think the background story is very important to me. But then also like when it comes to art or like in like photos or songs, like, yeah, like I think like everyone feels different on the meaning or like how they feel, and then yeah, like maybe some people really don't care. Like yeah. as long as I feel good with it, then that's fine. Yeah. I just feel like that. What makes it like special is this kind of dance between your perspective and the story that the artist is trying to tell. Like where those two things merge in the middle, you know. Mm. But you know, I think it depends because the example you give, right? Debate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> The example you gave was very, like, in the context of documentary, right? And for me, I mean, I studied visual media anthropology, which is, um, yeah, film in the context of anthropology, which kind of intersects very heavily with documentary, Mm -hmm. right? Because a lot of anthropological work was studied through documentary, right? Like, in these places, you know? In remote places that people don't know anything about, so you need to form new ideas, you need to form a new understanding, so in order to do that, you have to go and document the whole thing and then, like, draw your, yeah, conclusions of everything from that. Mm-hmm. So the concept of documentary and how much of, like, you actually capture and what is the truth, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. In documentary, I think that's very highly debatable because then you're, the, the point is you, you're trying to get what could be the most objective truth. So then you're trying to have the most objective, like, you know, thing, which Mm -hmm. I I think is impossible to do 100%, but you try your best to do it. And in documentary, like, like war photography, which is like, when you think of like, the easiest example of like documentary photography, you know, like you're in a war, you know, you don't get this all the time. You're like, yeah, yeah, you're capturing wild stuff. You know what I mean? And in that case, like, that's an an important aspect of this. Yeah. Is that right? Is that part. And if I found out that you actually staged this whole thing, then 
yeah, that kind of takes away from the entire thing that you're doing, you yeah. know, which is different. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if <laughs> if Michelangelo, I hate to drag his name through the mud. I mean, I'm sure he had his skeletons in the closet, you know what I mean? But if for some reason he was painting this painting to raise money for children, yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> and <laughs> like, it was painted with children's you know, blood. That's what I'm saying. This is the, in in my in my that's extreme analogy. You know what I mean. That's what I'm saying. If if like if the worlds of subjectivity and objectivity like clashed in that way, then yeah, of course. If somebody has a has a picture, if somebody took a picture, and it seemed to have captured a more, a real unlike a, a natural moment in time that you had the privilege mm-hmm. of capturing and that is what makes the picture so yeah th- that's what gives the picture yeah. life mm-hmm. then yeah if then that is staged then then that's very different yeah. you know what i mean yeah. but if you take like a yeah but if you take like a a, a portrait of yeah. somebody you know that's it, it it has to be staged you know yeah. what i mean and somebody and then you found out there's just an ai i don't know whatever mm. you know what i mean but it was it still was like it still captured you in the same way mm. you know what i mean mm. uh, it's just like is there a difference because i mean with music it happens all the time people get can't i mean michael jackson for the life of him you know he just couldn't escape all his whatever but can you deny that he's the king of pop like yeah can we even mm-hmm. begin to mm. you know what i mean so i think that it the context of it like fully matters you know what i mean i i think that i definitely like lean towards i really don't care because when i read the artist statement <laughs> usually it ties into what i thought was going on yeah. in the first place you know <laughs> yeah. what i mean there are very few times i read now i'm like what you know <laughs> like they're just Usually I'm like, hmm, well, that makes sense according to what I see yeah. and felt and yeah. you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So I think that, yeah, it really depends on the situation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so in your photography, do you... Paint with babies. Can we, can we drop this? <laughs> <laughs> on and on and on. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay, okay. Do you take pictures of babies? No. <laughs> do you... Um, so in your photography, there's no conscious, um, well, I guess it's good to both of you all. Is there no conscious, like, attempt to, um, like, force a style? Or, or have, you, have you picked up on anything that you feel like, this is kind of signature me? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because sometimes I hear, like, uh, sometimes I hear, like, a... a like percussion in in a in a in, on a record or something, especially when you when I'm digging for vinyls, because I think like record digging is very special because you're really consumed in this yeah. in this experience with just headphones. Whereas mm-hmm. like when you're streaming, you have the artwork to distract you to set your expectations and to set you know what I mean. It's there's a lot more that goes in it. But when you're listening to a record, you're really just listening, and it's really just you and your and your taste, you mm-hmm. know, just kind of facing off, you know, and. Sometimes I hear like a percussive pattern or something or anything. Mm. And I think, oh, that's so like me. You know what I mean? Um, In the sense that in the collection of music that I own and that I play and that I share, there's a common thread that I'd like to think runs through all of it that Mm. maybe is noticed and maybe is not. I try my best to not like 
announce I'm going to play this. I mean, I never do that. Say I'm going to play this style. I'm going to do it. I, I'm, I just say I'm, I'm playing. I mean, and I, I've never thought about it too much if other people think that there's a style that, you know what I mean? That's mm -hmm. always interesting to hear. Mm -hmm. But I know for sure when I dig for records, I hear, oh, this is me for sure. You yeah. know, or this is, you know, yeah. do you get that when you take pictures? Do you then say like, because the difference is, is that with, at least with digging for records and drawing that parallel, you're like digging through existing songs, right? Mm -hmm. That already have their own thing. But when you have a camera, you, you kind of have the choice of, of frame mm -hmm. and, and whatever. I mean, of course the subject differs, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But like, do you, do you see things and think, oh, that's me? Mm -hmm. sometimes yeah like definitely just like today in the parade like um so like when you talk about event photography if it's in a club then what do you think about the photos will be well yeah. i have a i have a real thing with this because at home event photography is very like posy yeah. and it's like like flash this, this is who showed up at the club you know and it's very like it's very like look who's here and they're smiling yeah. having a good time and then yeah. you look at rave photography and it's like people are dancing and, yeah, that, exactly. and my cousin so my cousin in Trinidad is best photographer in Trinidad right and he shot my party not because he's an event photographer but because he appreciated the scene mm -hmm. and he we're family right yeah. so he wanted and he really nailed it in a way that we struggled to replicate because then I mean He's he's expensive and he got big and mm -hmm. you know it, it, yeah. it and then I think he his his uh, priorities turned to other projects so then we had to look for another photographer but none of them could have like I don't know been that just capturing people having a good time and not like. Look at the camera and smile, you know, yeah. one, two, three, smile. Look, all these girls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. So, because so, like, in Hong Kong, I was doing a lot of event photographies in festivals, in clubs, in, in raves. And then, like, that flashy photos is definitely not me. Because, mm -hmm. like, for me, like, that's all staged. Um, why do I want to do um, documentary or event photography or lifestyle photography? Because I would love to capture the real moment, like the real emotions mm -hmm. and like how people feel and move. So then like, yeah, like for me, like I realized that like just like today in the parade, like there are lots of people like posing and then like, you know, like mm -hmm. a group of like nice girls like dressing up. So then like I will definitely just move my lens away from them mm -hmm. because like this is not will know what yeah. i'm trying you to want the candid shot yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. like i want you to move i want you to enjoy and then that's also how i get myself feeling so satisfied when i doing event photography it's because i i'm not just the photographer i'm also the participant mm -hmm. i'm also like listening to the music that you're listening to also i'm dancing when i'm holding my camera so then like um, I think like two two months ago, I helped uh, a label, like a collective in Hong Kong. It, it is um, Bad Time Tisco. And um, they have like a, a rave. And then I was so happy in it because like, yeah, even though like I, because like by the time my camera wasn't working and then I have to borrow, borrow my friend's camera. And that's like very shitty old digital, mm -hmm. like I'm sorry, but like, I'm, I'm grateful that I have the camera. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. like, I was like, holy shit, like, how can I do this? Like, cause there's low light. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then I asked um, the host if I can do flash. And, so, and she's like, I'm very picky with flashy photos. I was yeah. like, okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> and then, but like, yeah, still, like, I, 
I think it's more about like how I feel the people, and then like how the light can hit on the people. Yeah, yeah.、Mm-hmm. So then like. Yeah, like it is, is everything. Like it's not just like one particular element of yeah, the photo.、Yeah. It's like everything. Because I, I love the quote about like when I take the photo, it's not just me making the photo. It's also the per- the person in the photo making it.、Mm-hmm. Like it's like、yeah. a collaboration. Yeah. You don't、yeah. just take a picture; someone gives it to you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Whether they know it or not. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like, yeah, like I feel like. For me, like yeah, like those like staged,、um, like very posy photos are not me. But like at the beginning of my photography, when I start doing freelancing,、um, I tried editorial.、Mm-hmm. Like I had some、um, fashion、um, collectives and also accessory brands to、um, collaborate with, and.、Um, Like like with all those art direction, like all those mood board, like deal with、um, makeup artists, stylists, everything. The process is fun because like you got to work with the same value people. But then like for me, like that's also like the topic we talk about.、Mm-hmm. Like, is there any meaning in the photos? Like yeah, like everything is so pretty, everything is so on point.、Mm-hmm. But what's the meaning of it? Yeah. 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 But like of course like. Editorial. Also, you can like make the storytelling,、yeah. and then blah, blah blah. But like, but what me, story are you telling? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like, and a lot of the times, these editorial projects aren't telling like a very deep story.、Mm-hmm. You know, it's often just something that looks really pretty. Yeah, and then, and then but as a photographer, if you want to feel connected to what you're doing and you want to feel、yeah. connected to this shot, yeah, I'd imagine it's it's difficult to then. Because if you if you what you want is raw natural energy, that's the opposite of what、yeah. you get. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, it's like people are doing something because they were brought here to do this. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. And they're being told to be a certain way. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. So then, then that energy is the complete opposite of everything that excites you and everything、mm-hmm. that you want to capture. Yeah, because because. You know、yeah. You know what you will see,、mm-hmm. but like in events, everything is just real time.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. A lot of unexpectation, yeah, yeah, surprise. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like maybe like yeah, like these girls are sitting here, I'm looking at them, but then on the other side, like there was a dude, like blah blah blah, and they、mm-hmm. excite me. You have to see to different surprise. Yeah, you yeah. have to be super super present. Yeah. So last year, no, actually this month, this March, like this year, um, we have our music. Festival,、uh, Cock and Flap, and、uh, I was working at the backstage, and then there was a band. Like the manager was looking for someone to take the photo, and then I was there. I was like, "Hi, Ken, <laughs> of course." And then, yeah, and they are Israel Collective, yeah, Israel Collection,、mm-hmm. or yeah. And then I that was my first time doing photos in music events, like.、Okay. Wow! Like the music, like the crowd, everything was so fantastic, and the stage was so big. And then I have to run like two side, and then like in the crowd. And at some at a point, that like、uh, two members from the band,、um, they went into the crowd with their instruments. Oh wow! And then I was like, okay, I'm going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going, and then by the time again, the camera was not mine,、mm-hmm. and then that was just like a fifty fifty no thirty five millimeters lens.、Prime. So it's like a prime lens,、mm-hmm. and then it's like it's wide, but when you get into the crowd, it's very difficult. Yeah, yeah.、Mm-hmm. So then I was like, 
oh, fuck it. I just like lay down on the ground and everyone just like give me space, you know. <laughs> <laughs> At the same time, they were like so high with the music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, would, I, just, I just love the energy, like everybody just moving and then like... And then they, they see me working seriously. Yeah, yeah, so like yeah, they also yeah. gave me the space. But then yeah. that was like very impressive um, shooting for me yeah, so yeah. far. That's so good. Yeah. And then my friend um, Reggie, um, she's a singer. And then uh, she said like she, she loved my photos because I could really capture the energy from the music, yeah. even though she's like she's a singer. And I saw like she, she oftentimes like got the photos, but then it's like far away or like without any energy. But then, yeah, like like where they just look pretty. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So I feel like yeah, I think my like how to get my. Work done is more about how much I enjoy being there. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. That's yeah. very, like, in the song. Like, I can yeah. be in the song. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was thinking this when you asked the question of, the, I mean, the parallel between digging for records and your photography style is what inspires you, you know? Because, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, with digging for records, you're digging through something that already exists. With photography, you're also digging through something that already exists, yeah. which is yeah, yeah. everything what's around in front you, of you. What's yeah, in front yeah. of you. Yeah. But it's more of like, what is it that inspires me? Yeah. And that is different for everybody. And it's, it's more about like, not just what story you want to tell, but what story captures your attention mm -hmm. that you want to pass on. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So have yeah. you caught that? I do feel like you go through phases, right? Where it changes. Like with Sebastian Sagado, he was capturing you know disasters he was capturing wars he was taking pictures of famines and with those kind of photographers they struggle mentally after a while because you kind of lose hope with the world you know yeah, yeah. and then so that was his style but then he moved on to nature and like rural tribes and because it was kind of his way of finding hope in humanity again mm. and that's why i was like oh yeah that, it makes sense that you kind of your photography your style reflects where you are mentally yeah. at that point in time. Yeah. And I think for me right now, is kind of documenting what's happening in the space of people of color in mm -hmm. the creative space in Berlin, you know? Because mm -hmm. right now, like, there's... I mean, a lot of our friends are black and brown, and a lot of that culture or of Afrocentric culture is right now up and coming. And that's, like, what really... That's the story I want to tell right now, because yeah. that's the story that, like, my inner child is really mm -hmm. enjoying mm -hmm. being around, you know? Mm -hmm. Basically, do you see um, uh, visually a style like emerging from that? It's a, th if that's what's exciting yeah. you. Are you when you look through your pictures? Are you seeing any like visual like consistencies? I mean, I'm really now starting to get into it, so I don't have like a distinct style as yet. But mm -hmm. I feel like you can see, yeah. as you said, when you see what's not for you, then you realize, yeah. okay, this is my style. Because yeah. I would look at like concert photography as mm -hmm. well, mm -hmm. and a lot of concert photographers focus on making the artist look good, you know? And I love the pictures, or I love the moments where they're not necessarily, like, have a pretty face yeah. because their mouth is open and they're screaming and they're talking and they're jumping and there's things flying and stuff. And it's like, it's not... You don't look like a beautiful human being right now, but you look like a beautiful human being to me <laughs> because I want to capture the actual energy of what I see in front of me rather than make people look pretty in mm -hmm. pictures, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a big struggle with photography because I think that a lot of photography that like blows up or gets like like gets really popular 
because it's because the mm-hmm. person looks good or the person's really hot, you know yeah. what I mean? And so then people start to, or oh, I see photographers prioritizing. I mean, that's where that style of that very smiley and shallow, yeah. like who's who style of photography comes yeah. from. Mm. It's like you want to show who came to this party yeah. and mm. they want to be seen like at this party, in a, you know what I mean? Yeah. And the so photographer is prioritizing like, the person and them wanting to share this, especially now with like, you know, on the internet and everything. Like this person likes this picture then, so they're gonna share this picture more. So then I get more likes mm-hmm. and then I get more followers and then I yeah. get more gigs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then it becomes less about like what what is this photography actually doing for the mm-hmm. event? Yeah. And that's what I noticed at home. Yeah. That event photography was Yeah. You want the people, and be, everything is being edited out. Yeah, you know? for sure. It's like, yeah, they want these people to like post it up and say, look, like, shed, look at this really cool picture of me. You know what I mean? But what is what it, what that does for the photography, the event photography scene, is then that becomes like the yeah. the current that becomes yeah. the hot product. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I do see a shift right now, and like brands are like, you know, wear the jacket but act natural, and it yeah. looks like a paparazzi shot to sell the jacket mm-hmm. kind of thing. You know, mm-hmm. or like our old social media. How we used to post pictures on social media, that's yeah. now like photographers are mimicking that style, mm-hmm. which that's kind of cool. What's I, that? Just like, yeah, just like the candid kind of one. Oh, like you, you're not yeah. trying, but like you're definitely trying. Yeah, trying. exactly. Yeah. But you take, you, you, you pretend to not be trying like 25 yeah. times yeah. to yeah, get yeah, the yeah. best shot. Exactly. Yeah, or Balenciaga that we saw the other yeah. day where like... Selfie in the fitting room. Selfie in the fitting room. But like a photographer took it, you know. Right, but, right. Yeah. So your phone is. Wow. Yeah, so your phone is. This up. is very rich. Exactly. Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, like, if if just like I, I think it's it's really about like the commercial world, how yeah. the commercial work affecting how people think about photography is, because like for commercial, they have to sell. Yeah. For money, that is all about money, and if if you if you see a false in a picture then how would you convince people to get your point yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah so i think like i very um i really appreciate loewe like the brand and so like there was like a one season of of loewe that um they have like a set of photos none like no editing at all like it's just like raw photo with all the flaws like you know mm, like yeah. it's just like raw raw photos yeah. and i was like so inspired by that because like i i really appreciate the idea like um they selling telling the people that like nothing is perfect yeah, yeah. it's mm-hmm. about like how you use it how you carry yeah. it yeah, yeah. so then like yeah like I, I i feel like like this editing style or like the um, the perspective of a perfect photos, this movement should be like should be started by big companies. Yeah. So like people get to know more about like yeah. nothing's perfect because like for us like we working in the creative industry and then we know nothing's real like everything is added. Mm-hmm. But then the people like there was oh my god I wish I have his hair like yeah. oh my god like the color That's oh my god true. the skin you know mm. yeah so like I feel we maybe we can take the work on like telling people or showing our work with some flaws or mm-hmm. like something. Yeah, that's why I'm really enjoying this new movement with like the commercial like images being like for plus size models mm-hmm. or like for these natural looks. I'm really enjoying this. I had a friend. Um, when I was much younger, his name is Pedro Virgil. He's a, uh, he's a big Australian photographer. And he got big because he was shooting these... He shot the Australian national rugby team, like, naked, um, for, like, a... 
Naked. Yeah. Okay. Cute. I mean, the ball was strategically placed. You know what I mean? But I think that's how he had his big break. He sold it for to raise money for something, and then he got kind of famous for that, and then um, became a became a a judge or or somebody on a on a uh, on somebody's next top model. Mm-hmm. Was it time, Sean? What time is? Oh, it's um. Twenty-one thirty-seven. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, okay. Just okay, wait, wait. I'll yeah. just finish the story and then okay. we could run. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you want to message your friend or something? Yeah, I want to. I want to find my phone first. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. It's fine. Just find it. No, no, no. It's okay. fine. It doesn't yeah. matter. Okay. I mean, it's not. It's not too serious a story. I was just saying that he was shooting yeah. all these guys and I, I yeah. mean rugby players. My mom always said it because my dad played rugby, even though my dad's no model. But my mom always said that rugby players really did ha- do have the best mm-hmm. men's bodies, and and they do. You know. Um, I mean, I agree. Anyway, but he always said, every model I've ever, ever shot has not like, and he's, he's, he's shooting like the upper echelons of photography and everything, fashion, you know, editorial. Mm-hmm. And he's like, they haven't eaten solid food in like three days. Yeah. They're like, it's gym, 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 steroids, steroids, steroids. And then... Cut, 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 cut. And then three days before they shoot, it's like, yeah, I don't know, soup for like, you know what I mean? Because you just need to be the, the leanest, you know what I mean? And of course, we all know about this, but but models and how it's, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's so, yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of, it's cool that at least, even if we're taking pictures of people pretending to take selfies, that we're at least sh- like moving away from... Yeah the idea that we have to portray people in like the most unrealistic yeah. manner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you know absolutely. what I mean? And I think that it's also kind of the anti-movement to this whole AI thing because... It's true. Because, you know, AI can create the most beautiful picture and we don't even need a model to yeah. pose. The thing is, AI draws on what we've done before. Yeah. And yeah. AI draws on what you tell it to yeah. do now. Yeah. But if humans start acting a certain way just naturally because mm-hmm. of something you know what i mean mm-hmm. that's not because somebody thought up and made ai do that but yeah. just a natural occurrence like a like a, a universal appreciation yeah you know that everyone will have when they see a picture taken in a certain way you know yeah. what i mean like everybody knows what a selfie yeah pose looks mm-hmm. like you know mm-hmm. what i mean that's a cultural phenomenon yeah. that came, yeah. came up because of phones and yeah. and how that evolved you know what i mean and you could tell ai like take a picture of this but you can't predict the, you know every iteration of like how we're going to be taken yeah, you know we're going to come up with next we don't know in like 10 years everybody's taking pictures on all fours or something i don't know you know like everybody's uh, you know and yeah i can't predict that and yeah, i can't predict that yeah. or you know or you would have to be you'd be just saying random stuff if yeah. you want to pull from that you know what i mean mm-hmm. so it is that's one thing i, I think we could relax about and yeah. a, a lot of what we do uh, according to this guy in, I interviewed for Carnival, he says, like, you know, mass imitates the people, you know? And yeah. I think, like, that's, like, art imitates the people, the people you know yeah. what I mean? And, I mean, of course, you could get AI to do it ever, but it's never going to be, like, a true reflection of what is, yeah. you know what I and mean? And what it means to That be only the comes people. from people yeah. in a natural way, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And then, like, there's a um, female photographer in Hong Kong. Her name is Learn Mo, and um, she's really knowing it, like using AI and then with her photography and then makes it as a commercial photos. Like, mm-hmm. I love the idea, like, she always, like, posting, like, very fantasizing, like, old Hong Kong mm-hmm. with, like, a burger mall, you know, like, a mall yeah. built up with yeah. burgers. I love her, like, um, yeah. fantasy 
fantasizing world and putting into the photos. But at the same time, like she's, I very agree. Like I am not anti AI. I'm pro AI mm. or like a little bit pro AI. Yeah. yeah. Cause like, I feel like we should not be afraid of AI taking away our job. Yeah. We should be friend with it. Cause like it helps us a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like you can't say you're anti AI. As long as you're using iPhone, yeah. Yeah. we've been yeah. using AI Photoshop, yeah, Lightroom, yeah. is everything yeah. AI. Yeah. So like, I feel like we should... It just like, has a different rule. Like It's not going to replace exactly. what we do as humans, yeah, yeah. but we can collaborate with it. Yeah, we can grow with AI. Yeah. So like, yeah, like for me, like to me, if I want to go further with my career, I feel like I should learn more about how AI can help me with yeah, my yeah. editing. Yeah, for sure. Like, like in the past, like without AI, like maybe if I want to edit a skin, I have to like take hours. But then now it's like one, mm-hmm. one second done. Yeah. Save my time and energy, and then yeah, I really yeah. appreciate that technology. Yeah. Yeah. If it's taking over things that you're going to do anyways, then exactly, and that you don't yeah. necessarily like put it t- like it just takes time yeah. and like energy, but you don't actually like feel like it's yeah. something that you are attached to doing. Yeah, you know what I mean. Then yeah. it's just like let it be done in an yeah. automatic way. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean. So Iris, <laughs> you know, I, know, I wanted to ask you about your name before you ran out. I was like, it's so funny, you're a photographer and then your name is Iris, you know, oh, yeah. and then I asked her yeah. the other day mm-hmm. um, because, you know, I don't know if Iris was a translation because I know, I know like the Asian friends that I do have, they choose like an English name basically, yeah. Yeah. you know, and yeah. then I was like, did you choose this name or whatever? And then she said you were called like that before you became a photographer. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, actually, yeah. Because, um, so I changed my Chinese name when I was in 18 years old, like getting the adult ID card. Mm-hmm. So my mom took me to that fortune teller and then saying like, yeah, my name is like too high and then got too much jealousy around me. So I have to name a more subtle way and then so like I changed my Chinese name as like yeah like maybe I should change my English name too because I didn't like mm-hmm. my English name back then it was my right May May yeah because that's like the yeah. last word of my Chinese word okay. like it's just like yeah. Yeah. I don't know so you changed your birth name yes what was Wang Zi Leng um yeah before was Wang Zi Mei okay and then now it's Wang Zi Leng Okay. Like the last word. So like before that May is like a flower. Mm-hmm. And then right now Leng is like um expensive, good quality fibers. And okay. May was why was why did the fortune teller say you should change it? Because like um in this Chinese fortune teller world and then there's like a Zi Mei. Zi mm-hmm. Mei is like um how to say it, like a girl like goddess. Mm-hmm. And then so like people will get jealous from the goddess okay. yeah okay. yeah <laughs> so then you picked so then you had to change it and then you change it f- to iris to from, iris yeah. from may to iris because like i don't know like 18 and then i change it when so i gave myself a new name when i went to uni and um i chose iris because um in secondary school i studied biology and then I love the the eye, the topic of eye. And then I found iris. This word is very beautiful. It is. And then so like I, I picked this name, and then I also wanna give myself like a purpose of the name. Like I wanna have good eyes to see good people and places. Oh, like, okay, that's yeah, so nice. Yeah, so I named myself Iris when I was 18 years old okay yeah. and then you became a photographer that yeah. worked so well that's so cool so yeah. yeah it feels like it was like the, the there was something like 
you know, pulling you or pushing you towards this direction. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's like it's like validation in a way. You know what I mean? Like you want it consciously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You it's want meant to, to be yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah that's I'm so glad. good. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, then on that wonderful note, I will say thank you so much. Thank you for letting us record your voice and talk about weird things yeah. <laughs> and have you miss all your <laughs> all your other friends ditch all your other people for us <laughs> thank you so much yeah. and i hope this year in berlin brings you all the all the adventures that you yes, need yeah. yes we have to do the second podcast like right before you leave yeah exactly oh yeah yeah let's do it yes <laughs> all right. okay take care